Good morning. I'm Peter Inch, along with Steve Gilbert. We are the co-hosts of the Inch by Inch, the Ultimate Home Comfort Show, presented by Roy Inch & Sons Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing, a service experts company, and a five-time winner of the Consumer's Choice Award, five-time winner of the London Free Press Best of London, and a two-time winner of the St. Thomas Elgin Weekly News Reader's Choice Award, and presenting sponsor of the 2018 World Financial Group Continental Cup of Curling Woo-hoo. held in London on January the 11th to the 14th, 2018. We thank you for listening today. Hope you'll be able to listen every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 as we provide you, our listeners, with some information on your heating, air conditioning, and plumbing. But most important, the phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you at 519 519- Six four three twenty two twenty two, or one eight six six three five four eight two five five, or you can send an email to inch by inch at serviceexperts dot com. Don't wait, give us a call. So, how's the uh, smart guy today? <laughs> uh, we had a, a listener come in and call you the smart guy. Well, it's that's because I answer all the questions, yeah, Peter. Yeah, well, yeah, that's good. You know, I was going to call you the cell phone guy. Where are you? Yeah, but the smart guy, I guess, will do. Oh. So we have the Godfather and the smart guy. So yes, well. now uh, didn't at one point in time when when your brother Tim used to do radio, didn't they used to call him the professor? That's right. Yeah. Well, what? that's what I'm aspiring for. <laughs> okay. I want to be known as the professor. We'll just call you the teacher now. Is that sure? Okay, yeah. teacher, call me teacher. Uh, so a couple things we got on the go, MS Bike Ride, uh, right. July 29th to the 30th. Yes. Um, we're still looking for donations to that. I think we're up around $1,600. Yep, msbike.ca. And then go to Donate. Click on either Team or yep, Roy Inch and & Sons, and uh, that'll pop up a list of names, and you can choose whoever. You can just do a, a team donation, or you could you could be more specific and... Like Steve Gilbert? Like Steve Gilbert, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, so, that's specific enough. Yeah, so we'd love some help with that. We want to raise as much as we can to help find a cure. Uh, we also are introducing a new thing we're doing for anyone who buys a new furnace and air. Oh, yes, that's right. So the uh, United Way it has a uh, what they call uh, a backpack drive. But it is to make the first day their best day. So if anybody purchases a furnace and air from us, we are going to purchase a backpack in their name and our name and donate it to the backpack drive right. to give uh, kids a new backpack when they go back to school so that they're, they feel good about themselves when they – and you can choose whether you want it elementary or high school. Cool. Uh, so any looking forward of, to that actually. Yeah. So any purchase from now until the end of August, we're we're going to do that. Nice. It'll be really nice to see. We're going to take pictures. We'll post it on our Facebook page, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Good. So, so that's a couple of community events we got going on. Of course, Rainfest is on right now. Oh, hey. sorry, Sunfest. Hey. Sunfest. Hey. Sorry. But uh, if it was Rainfest last night. Well, it was a deluge last night. So it yeah the. It really came down hard. So yeah, yeah it. Uh, I got it. Got into the house just before it started coming, but the steak was a little burnt because <laughs> I couldn't get so out to the barbecue. So what else is new? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it didn't taste too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I like it well done, so it was well done. I'm sure. Flurry got a little more than she normally gets. Really? Yeah, because it was so well done. You feed your steak to your dog. Yeah. Yeah. Better than dog treats. Okay. 
Now, we're going to jump right into some questions here because we've got some. Um, Sue sent an email, says, do you have a showroom with products you sell so I can see them before I buy? Well, uh, we used to have one a long time ago, but um, that's not the way we, that's not the way it works these days. So uh, products, um, I I would hazard to say that most companies don't have showrooms these days. Everything's done uh, via you know, brochures online. You can access any information that you want from manufacturers' websites. Um, certainly, if you're looking to see what a furnace looks like, we could take you into the warehouse and show you a furnace in our training center. Like, we have those situations. So, but not, we don't have a physical showroom, per se. No, there's, uh, you know, we have some toilets and some taps on display. Yes. But, but uh, you know, no longer do we have fireplaces on display or anything like that. We basically can take you to a website, and if somebody's really interested, we can take you to one of the homes where it's been installed. Right, or and or maybe just give you some information, like we've got a customer list typically of people who don't mind you reaching out to them and, and talking to them and asking them questions. So, yeah. yes. So I hope that uh, helps, Sue. Now, we have some sad news that we have to, where we want to make sure everybody's aware of. Um, of course, we're out on White Oaks Road, uh, right across the parking lot from the Muffler Man. Right. And one of the founders of the Muffler Man, John Brower Sr., uh, passed away on Thursday. Yes. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a visitation out in um, Strathroy at the Westmount Christian uh, Reformed Church from 5 to 8 on Sunday. And then there will be a funeral Monday uh, from at 1 p.m. So, um, you know, our thoughts go out to, to yeah. John's family. Thoughts and prayers to his family, yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I worked, John, very closely building our shop and making it what it is. And, you know, I often said he was a lot like my grandfather. Mm-hmm. I could picture him just the same man. So uh, it was sad news when we, we, we heard that yesterday. Yes, it certainly was. We want to yeah. reach out to the family and just say we're thinking of you and, and uh, want to make sure our listeners heard if anybody knew John to, Make sure that word got out. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll get right back into our questions. So if you have a question, give us a call at 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255. In the summertime when the weather is high, you can stretch right up and touch the sky. Well, Jamie's back on top with his uh, the summertime. Sounded like a guy snoring there, didn't it, at the start of that song? Yeah. Those um, those videos that uh, were posted were quite disturbing. <laughs> yes. Well, it was one hit wonders. We have a discrepancy on number two from the office, but we're we're gonna let it go. Are we? Because we think they had more than one hit. They did. Uh, but uh, but no, that was good, Jamie. Uh, that was a good pick. So congratulations, Jamie, on. Being number one this week, and uh, unfortunately, and number number six next week. uh, Number six was (laughs) Dan, so Dan's choice was sports songs for next week. 
Yes. Already so. got it. Already got it picked. Yeah, I think everybody got their pick in. Because yes. you didn't want me to manage the poll because Nicole's going to be Absolutely not. Off. You are okay. not allowed to manage the poll. <laughs> so, so no. You are not to be trusted. Really? Yes. Yeah. This is from the <laughs> smart guy? Is that? That's, um, we had a, a, this came in, must be your brother. This came in from Steve. Oh, really? says, how long does it take to install a hot water tank? Now, I, we should all talk about a tank and a tank less because they're a little different. They're much different. So I, I guess there's a lot of factors, you know, are we going, are we going from one fuel to a different fuel? Are we going same fuel? So certainly if we're going from electric to gas, then it's going to take a little bit longer because we have to run gas piping. Uh, water heaters, tanks though, take longer, uh, than they did a few years ago, simply because we have to, we have to weld in a thing called an anti-scald valve. So, and, and why do we need an anti-scald valve? Well, we need an anti-scald valve to protect the homeowner or or people from getting burnt. Um, so your water heater needs to be set at 140 degrees in order to stop any bacteria growth inside the tank. So the Legionella virus can grow. So those water heaters need to be set at 140, but 140 degrees coming back to you is too hot. So you have to temper it back down again. So that's what an anti-scald or mixing valve is called. It's in the plumbing code. Uh, we install one on every single water heater tank that we put in. So that just allows you to be safe so that uh, the water coming out of the tap is not going to burn you. And it protects um, children and seniors Absolutely. who may not realize how hot that water is That's before right. it's too late. If you turn the hot water tap on and then just kind of walk away because it takes a few seconds and come back and stick your hand in there, if if that anti-scald device isn't in there, you can certainly burn yourself. So... That being said, you know, when you're switching out a tank, it probably takes anywhere from two to two to three hours to do a to do a tank. Um, tankless is an entirely different story. Now we don't have to put an anti-scald device in on a tank, a tankless. And the reason for that is um, all tankless have digital readouts or keypads that allow you to set the temperature on the water. So they they're they're programmed not to go over 120 degrees. So you can do whatever you want. You can punch it up in the max. It will run as 120 degrees. So it already has a fail-safe b- built into it, so it doesn't allow people to get burnt. So, But a tankless takes all day to put in. It's like installing a furnace. So they've got to cut uh, holes for venting. They've got to mount it on the wall. There's a lot of plumbing, a lot of gas piping, and the gas piping to a tankless is needs larger capacity. So there's a lot more intricacies in putting tankless in, but it it certainly uh, outweighs those, all those through its performance. Now, do we need a mixing valve on a tankless? I already, I already answered that. Oh, oh, really? Did you answer that? Yeah, you see, you <laughs> just were not listening to me. <laughs> no, I heard you. I just thought I would throw that in. So I hope that answers uh, Steve's question there. Um, now, this one, before we get into the next questions, I want to talk a little bit about the storm last night. So... Um, there's some power outages that are happening. Right. Uh, but I noticed that in Byron, I had a flicker of power, mm-hmm. uh, you know, killed my computer, shut it off, but everything else kept going. So we've talked about this before, that if you have a newer thermostat or a newer air conditioner, they have built-in devices that will not, you know, when that happens, will shut it down for five minutes before it will try to restart. Older ones don't. That's correct. So what could happen if they had a flicker of power? In well, if you got a flicker of power and the air conditioner, 
you know, the, the power goes off and turns back on, the air conditioner was running, it's going it's going to try and start right away. And, and there's too much compression in the lines. So a couple of things will happen. Number one, it'll probably take the breaker out. So snap the breaker. That's the best situation. But if, let's say if you had the wrong breaker installed and it was a higher amperage than the what the air conditioner wanted, it's going to start and it's going to fry your compressor. So you're going to hear just a not a very nice sound coming from your construction side, and, and that, that'll be it. It won't be work, working anymore, and you'll have to replace the compressor. Um, the other thing, too, about that storm uh, last night was we've had a lot of hail uh, yeah. lately, and we've had a lot of hail damage uh, to not necessarily your residential air conditioners, but for businesses who have rooftop units. There have been a lot of hail damage on units, and you think, well, it's steel. How can it, how can it damage it? But... The fins for the uh, condensing unit up there, just like your air conditioner at home, uh, your air conditioner at home is protected. It has uh, guards around it where usually rooftop units, they don't use, they usually use open coils. Well, uh, we've seen lately that there's been a lot of damage to those. And um, if you have one and you've got a maintenance agreement with, with whatever company you're dealing with, you may, you may just inquire about getting hail guards installed because it seems to be more frequent. And anybody you know that had that happen to them? Well, <laughs> well, it's not just us. We had it on our own unit, yes, yeah. and we need some hail guards for our unit, Mr. Inch. But um, there's been other customers, uh, just some things we've seen in the field, like when our when our commercial techs go out and look at something, you know, they're, I'm getting pictures back on units that look pretty beat up. Yeah, and I mean, in our case, I heard the unit cycling on and off quicker than normal. And I just said, Al, you know, put in a service call. We better get somebody to go up and look at it. And when the guy went up and sent me the picture, I couldn't believe the damage that was done to the coil. Right. Uh, and that was from just this year. Right. It, That's know, just this year. Yes. And so it was It was quite shocking to see. And we now got to put a new coil in. So that, you know, that would probably going to be a $5,000 repair mm-hmm. to replace that coil, you know, recharge it, get the hail guards all put in. So that we don't have to do it again. But if I had bought it with hail guards, you would that not and and really, they're like a hundred dollar option. So right. it's really kind of silly not to have them put yeah. on. So even even residential central airs can have it. Like a lot of them, like you say, have grills on. Nowadays the they do. Now the way they're constructed nowadays, they're protected that way. Yeah, but some of the lower base models or what I'll call builder models don't have that and they could get hail damage as well if it's, you know, on a 45 degree angle coming down. If it's right. coming straight down, it's normally not an issue, but it's when it's coming sideways or yes. on an angle, it can do the damage. Yeah. So you might just check that uh, and make sure that everything was okay. I was quite shocked at how bad ours was and, mm-hmm. you know, the office is happy because we've had to set the temperature up a little bit so it doesn't run as much. So we're it's actually, not we're, as all, cold. we're all thrilled. It's not as cold. Yeah. yeah they yeah. don't have the winter coats on anymore. No, we could just put a Mitzi in your office, you know, and then all the problems would be solved. That, yeah. It would probably be more economical for us as <laughs> it well. Be. It might be. We may, <laughs> we may look at that. Okay. So. Just uh, saying. Now we're going to, uh, we'll lead into this because both Brandon and Jesse had questions. Um, and we don't have enough time before break, but we'll deal. So we'll we'll set it up, and then when we come f- back from break, we'll deal with it. So Brandon's question was, what would cause my air conditioner to freeze? And Jesse's question is, why would I need a leak search? Okay. So you need a leak search because it's freezing up. But when we come back, we'll talk about what causes it to freeze up because there's really three things. Right. 
and then um, three three main causes. Yes. Yep. And then we will, uh, you know, then talk about on the one why you really need to work on a leak search, right? And, and the the why that needs to be done. But and, and some people don't really understand how how extensive freezing is. Like it really, I, I can explain to that after the break. Just what what happens? Yeah, and they talk, you know, and they think, well, it's froze up. I'll just turn it off for an hour and turn it back on, and everything will be fine. But what you can't see is. Uh, you know, six inches of ice or four inches of ice that are built up. Yeah. So, so remember our phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you at 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255. Steve, you're, you're saying cut the office song off? Absolutely. Because it really isn't right. No. Okay. The Knack had two hits that year. Well, before we get into that freezing and 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 um, the two questions that, where did I write? That you've Brandon misplaced. and Jesse yeah. Yeah. had. Uh, we're going to head to the phone lines and uh, Victoria has a question. Go ahead with your question. Good Morning. Morning. My, um, I have a question. I, I'm recently on my own, so I know nothing about <laughs> furnaces and air conditioners, but I've noticed that the water coming out of the tube from the furnace is, is a rusty color, and it never was before. What, what's causing that? Well, that's, it's just it's uh, water coming from the inside of your evaporator coil, probably, Victoria. So um, at, as, as it gets older, it's, it's, going to have some, it's going to have some rust in it. Um, and it's how old? How old do you think the air conditioner yeah. is, Victoria? Well, I, it's under ten years old. Okay, okay. Because normally we would think a lot of the pans on coils now are plastic. plastic. Yep. But older ones were metal and would rust, and that would be a common thing we would see. Um, would be rust coming out of that drain. I see. I thought it was something I was doing because, you know, when I don't need the air conditioner on, I I turn it off, you know, right. at the switch. And I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. But that's got nothing to do no, with it. No, that's got absolutely nothing to do with it. Um, now, that, that tube could just be, if, if, if no one's ever done uh, maintenance, like, on, on your equipment, because our guys would typically flush that out with some vinegar and then, and then flush it with water. Sometimes there's some residual left in that line that... Uh, it's just been sitting there, so and it could oxidize within the tube. Then you could just you could just pour some vinegar down that tube if it's if it's possible, um, just to kind of clear that out. But then you'd have to pour water out right after that. Okay. Well, I know that when my husband was alive, he always had maintenance done every fall. Okay. And um, I don't recall him having it done in the spring as well. Yeah. But maybe I should have somebody professional take a look. Yeah, you're probably not going to hurt it if you left the maintenance to the fall or yes. you could have it done right now, either or whatever fits in your schedule. But I definitely would have a maintenance done and, and mention that to the guys and they can do a little more investigation when they're there. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Okay, Thank thanks, you. Victoria. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that is like the old coils had a metal pan that was coated. 
Right. But over time, the coating would flake off and then it would just start rusting on the galvanized steel. And, you know, sometimes it would rust a hole right through and the water would drain right through the furnace. But they've changed those. They've had those plastic designs for quite some time yeah. now, right? Yeah. And I mean, early on, they weren't UV protected. So if you put a, a UV bulb in... To, that would destroy the plastic. Yep. Yeah, improve air quality. But now they've made it that pretty well indestructible unless your furnace overheats. Right. Then it will melt it versus uh, anything else. So, Oh, hang on a second. I've got, I've got a text from our... Richard. Our good hit, good friend, um, Richard. He said that the header, the header sheets are metal on those coils. So there's, and... Um, so you could be getting rusting going on the header yeah. sheets. And yes. We'll call him the armchair technician. <laughs> Because he's probably sitting at the cu- at the trailer in his armchair, you know. Well, come on, at least he listens yeah. just to make sure that if if uh, if we get you know if we stray a little bit, he'll bring us right back. So, well, we'll see how you do then if you get a text here on this one. So, Brand- oh, okay. So the Brandon and Jesse question about what would cause my air conditioner to freeze, and then Jesse's question is why would I need a leak search? So freezing is uh, a few reasons for an air conditioner to freeze up. The first one and the most common one we see is lack of airflow. So, and that results from uh, not changing your filter. So, you've gone all through the winter, and now the summer comes, and you turn your air conditioner on, and and eventually it starts to freeze. It's, it most of the time the filter is just plugged, and if you change that filter, shut it off, let it let it thaw for twenty four hours for twenty four hours and put the filter back in a clean filter and turn it back on and if it doesn't freeze up again, that was your issue and and when you let it thaw, you should put some towels around the bottom of the furnace yeah because there's, there's gonna be a lot of water that's right and the reason there's a lot of water when it when it freezes, the evaporator coil above your furnace um, just turns into a big block of ice uh, and don't open don't try to get in there and use a and, and pick at it to try and get rid of the ice or you'll create other issues. Um, just leave it alone. You could run your furnace fan and let it thaw. That'll speed up the thawing process, and then you'll, there'll be a lot of water. And then change the filter, turn it back on. And if it doesn't freeze, you're good. If it freezes up again, then you've got a more serious problem. And that would be either uh, possible there's a leak in the system, possible restriction in the system, and both of those would cause an air conditioner to freeze up as well. And then if that happens, what do we have to perform? Well, we have to perform a leak test. Now, there's a couple ways of performing a leak test. One is uh, just through pressure. We put high pressure to the system, and sometimes they'll be able to hear that. Uh, Some of the guys carry uh, sniffers, so they can sniff refrigerant and see if it's leaking, but those are pretty obvious leaks. It's the little leaks that tend to be more difficult, and what we have to do, we inject a, a dye into the into your air conditioning system, let it run for a few days, and then we have to come back, and then we shine a black light on it and just see if we can't find out where it's leaking. In most cases, we'll have multiple leaks. Yeah. And then and we see that a lot in evaporator coils, it seems, this year. Yes. Um, the new Freon is at a higher pressure than the old Freon was. So R22 is being phased out. And R410A is the new Freon, but it's at very high pressure. And we're finding that if the copper isn't built perfectly, let's say in a good country, I won't say what countries it's not good in, then we get, uh, we'll, we end up getting leaks that seem to be occurring in these coils. 
And so, and then multiple leaks just means you'll end up just changing the coil because it's it's a repair that cannot be done in the field or even taking it out and doing it in the shop. You would physically just replace the evaporator coil. Yeah, and people think not running it will extend the life of an air conditioner. Sometimes that's not true. It'll yeah, there's because there's pressure in that refrigeration system. It's just going to leak out if it's going to because it's under pressure. And 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 it really keeping everything lubricated and working. You know, maybe not from March to October, you know, like me, that's a little <laughs> extreme, but, yes. you know, running it a day a week or keeping just everything working in there is a good idea. Now, the other reason you could probably have a freeze up is if it just gets too cold outside and you're still running your air conditioner, Mr. Yeah. Inch. Yeah, and you can get that when a thunderstorm comes through. So all of a sudden, you know, it's plus 30, everybody's hot, there's lots of humidity, the storm comes through and it drops down to 18 degrees. And then that can trigger the air conditioner to ice up. Uh, again, a lot of the older ones, we saw that. Newer ones, we don't see it as much because they have devices in to control that. Yes. Um, but definitely it's something to just keep an eye on if you feel after a storm went through, your air conditioner's not working. It could be a fuse or a breaker or it could be starting to ice up at that point. And But one thing you'll notice about uh, an air conditioner icing up, the temperature is going to increase. And then if you go over to your register you're, and you realize my furnace is running, but I'm not getting much airflow out of my register, then just go downstairs. And when you look at your furnace where the refrigeration lines go into the furnace, into the ref- like in, uh, above the furnace, you'll see that's where it starts. You'll see it ice there. If it's iced there, it's iced inside as well. And if you, you know, we... When we're out there doing maintenance, if you mentioned to the techs that you don't feel you're getting enough airflow, they'll check that a little more. I I had a home that one of our guys did an adjustment in and the people are just ecstatic because they've never been able to have cold air up to the second floor and all it was was an adjustment of the fan speed. Right. So it's definitely something to make sure you mention. Anytime we come out, if you have issues in areas of your home that you're not happy with, tell the guys. Yes, and they'll make they'll they'll try to make adjustments for you. Yep, and they'll look at it, or if there's something else, they'll get somebody else out there. You know, we'll try to make you know your home's got to be comfortable for the next twenty years because that product is going to be there for that long. Yeah. So I hope that answered Brandon and Jesse's question, and uh, thanks for Victoria calling in. But you know, remember those phone lines are open at five one nine six four three twenty two twenty two. Um. We, Steve, time, time? Yes, yeah, before you jump into another question. <laughs> All right, Steve, you want to go for a break, do you? I'm yeah. just telling you because, you know, when I don't do this, when I run free on time, you you criticize me, so. Right. So we'll head to a break. <laughs> Phone lines are open at 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255. Well, that was my song. I hate that song. Don't worry, Steve. Be happy. (laughs) Come on. But we're going to head right to the phone lines, and uh, we have Dave on the line. Dave, go ahead with your question. Yeah, you guys uh, forgot something about freezing coils. Uh, Lack of airflow, so if you have a dirty filter, your coil's going to freeze solid. Also, if you have an older motor with a belt on it, the belt's broken, 
going to cause your coil to freeze. Yep. If you have a direct drive motor and that seized, or your your squirrel cage is all cluttered up with dust and stuff, your coil is going to freeze solid. Yeah, exactly. Steve did mention the filters uh, early on, but... Uh, oh, I must miss that. Yeah. No, that's okay, but no, you're right about exactly about the fan belt and, and all, all those things. So, yeah, exactly, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And we're going to head to... Uh, just one second here. We're going to head to Glenn. Go ahead with your question, Glenn. Well, uh, you guys uh, installed a Linux furnace in my gas furnace in my house in 2003 it's a g32q series yep the i live in old north and the union gas guys are installing a new gas line in our neighborhood at some point they're going to shut off my gas to the house to change the meter and so my question is, will that furnace restart automatically Yeah, when they, when they uh, restore the gas flow? Now, they will have to come into your home, and they will have to relight and check every appliance after they install that meter. That's part of their, their – they have to do that before. They can't turn on the meter and leave. leave. Yeah, they have to come in and start your furnace up, make sure that it works. Start your water heater up, and then if you had any other gas appliances like a fireplace or dryer or anything like that, they would have to make sure they all worked. So there shouldn't be any issue, um, but they have to check that. and And on the gas lines, they we install what's called a dirt pocket, so that when they do all this changes with gas lines. If there's any dirt that happens to get in the gas, it drops into what we call this dirt pocket and doesn't go into the furnace controls and gas valves and things like that. Okay, thank you. Okay, okay. thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. And we have Bill. Bill, go ahead with your question. Uh, I've purchased the furnace from another company and it's under warranty. How does it work if I called your people down and let's say they found something uh, do they repair it? Like, how do I? How does my warranty cover something that goes wrong that you discover if I called your people down? Now, what brand is the furnace? Do you know? It's uh, an Amana. Amana. So, what we can do is the parts will be warranted by Amana, and that will be covered with any company that can work on Amana. So, we can, or another company can. The part would be under warranty. The challenge comes in on the labor. The labor is usually carried by the company that installed the furnace. So if you had a 10-year parts and labor warranty, right. we would come out, be able to change the part under warranty, but the labor you would have to pay for at that point. Okay. Uh, what What's recommended to uh, absorb vibration, let's say, under my air conditioner? If I, I want to put something under to absorb the vibration. Is it is it on a bracket? Um, it, no, it's it's on a, a a cement or concrete slab. So normally, what we do, we have what's called a cork tape, and it's a, a, a like a rubberized tape that we fold over, to, and then stick that to the bottom of the air conditioner, so that when we stick it on the cement pad, that 
does two things, gives a little, little insulation between the pad and also sticks it to prevent it from moving. Yep. Um, that would be the first thing to try. There is a rubberized with cork pad that would be like two inches by two inches, but right. this is about three quarters of an inch thick. Right. And that can also be put down there to absorb any vibration as well. Uh, do you guys know anything about um, uh, an in-ground pool? And if I wanted to put a gas heating, a gas heater to to, to heat the pool, right? Uh, a friend of mine has it, and 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 it's pretty loud when the blower comes on. Is there any way of reducing that sound, or would you know anything about it? Since, like, I'm, the reason I'm throwing out the question is because you guys are involved in. Uh, gas furnaces, and I just wonder if if, if uh, you'd be able to help me on that situation. So, the, like most most pool heaters, uh, Bill, um, like there there shouldn't they, they are very loud because it's an open burning system. Right. So there's really no blower on it. I think it's except the blower you hear is the. I'm using the term blower, but I may be totally wrong. Yeah. So if is it's probably just a uh, standalone outside one that sits there. There's really not a lot you can do to that appliance to quieten it down. Nothing, if, eh? If yeah. it does have a what we call a venter motor, if there's, yeah. um, you know, if it was more of a high efficiency model and it has a venter motor, sometimes those venter motors get noisy yep. because the bearings are going in them. Right. Um, but it would be a bearing squealing type noise. Mm, if okay. it's more of a rumble. It's a rumble, yes. Yeah. Then that is a lot of times just the burner lighting and rumbling away in there. It may need a cleaning or a maintenance it to make be. it a... A little quieter, but it's probably not going to make it silent for no. sure. That cork tape rubber that you were talking about as regards to the AC, does that go right underneath the AC completely? Uh, it goes under where you'll notice on most air conditioners, there will only be four or five points under the whole base of the air conditioner that will actually touch the pad. And that's where these go? That's yes. where those yep. go. And then you mentioned something, there's another that I can put it completely under, is that correct? Uh, no, the other one, the rubber with cork in between that's three quarters of an inch thick, right. they're two by two pads. Yeah, and they're, they're meant just to go to the points of contact just as well. Just to the points of contact. Yeah. Yep. Okay, thanks very much. appreciate your time. Okay. Thanks, thanks, Bill. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, so those were good. Thanks, Dave, Glenn, and Bill for calling in. Great questions. Um, you know, Glenn there, when they're putting in new lines and so forth uh, on a street, that's common that they've got to come in and relight right. in every they, home. They have to make sure that what the work they've, they just got to make sure that the gas meter is working properly. Yeah, so it's it's something there that we want to. Now we got, we got, John sent in a question by email. How long do we rent your equipment? And do you rent it on all lines that you sell? So our our rental is just that. It is a rental. So uh, if you're, it's just like renting an apartment or it's, it's, an, it's an indefinite rental period. So uh, as long as you're involved in the rental, then you're renting equipment. Uh, we rent, every, we, we do rent water heaters, all furnaces, all air conditioners. Um, so our full line of product that we offer, we rent as well as, Mitsubishi ductless splits as well. We we rent those as well. Yeah, and so you and it's indefinite. You rent it and rent it till yep. the product life is gone, and then you re-rent new equipment. At that point, we we pull it out once we feel the product is no longer functioning as it should. Right. So it's something to think about there. Mm-hmm. The um, one question: uh, What would cause my air conditioner to overheat? Well, overheating, uh, like not not like freezing. If if so, 
the condenser sits outside. If if you were to build something around it because you don't like the look of it, maybe it's out front of the house and you just want to, you, so you build something around it and you inhibit the airflow to get into that uh, condenser, it's going to overheat. Uh, or um, because those condensers pull air in through the sides, they also pull dirt and debris and everything. If that outdoor condenser gets plugged, it will overheat. In both cases, um, you know, those compressors are built with uh, with a thermal switch on them, like an overload. If it gets too hot, it will just shut it down. So you should be hosing those off every now and then. And, you know, don't just take take a garden hose, not a pressure washer, and just take your hose at a 90, at a 45 degree angle and spray through that, uh, through that coil and wash it off. And that makes sure that it's going to stay clean and efficient. And just don't build anything too close to it. Like you shouldn't plant shrubs within eight inches or... Um, you just have to be stay stay at least eight to twelve inches away from your air conditioner. Okay, so that was for Barb. Hope that gives you some good information. When we're not on the radio, you can reach us by calling in London or St. Thomas at five one nine six eight one twenty four fifty, or in Sarnia at five one nine seven eight six two three seven three, or always at one eight six six experts or online at royinch dot com. As we say at the shop, life is hard by the yard. By the inch, life's a cinch. We'll see you next week.